everybody. Uh, welcome back to uh, Iris Global's Green Room Quarantine International Multi-Location Podcast. We are super excited to be back with you as we have been on a string of amazing times with uh, our leader, the founder of Iris Global, Heidi Baker, and she is live with me right now in Pemba, Mozambique. It's late at night. It's hot. And I thought we would get some time and ask you some. Uh, and I turned my fan off for you, <laughs> She Will. did. Guys, That's listen. So there was a bunch of noise. I asked Heidi, uh, you know, there was wind. I said, hey, can you turn the fan off for a second? And she did it. She did it for me. I'm so uh, that blesses me, Heidi, and I know it blesses them. Cause and I'm they're... cooking, but I, I, I'm feeling love for you, Will. <laughs> so how, how hot is it in Mozambique? I, I have no clue how hot it is, except it's hot, very hot. When, when, uh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling the heat, but it's okay. We're, we're full of joy. When I, it's nighttime, so it's not as hot as it was right. a few hours ago. When, when I was a missionary, we had this dog that actually you you got after we left. His name was Mac. He was a yellow lab. And I would, well, this is missionary yep. life. I would sit there and at the end of the day and I would pick ticks okay. off of them because there's so many. Let me see your dog. First of all, let's wait, do you. Wait. Oh, yes. Here we go. Yes. What's that? Wait, What's here's your. Here's the other one. Let's see. Hi. <gasps> oh. Hey, hi. That's honey. And that's Mimi. Honey and me. Can you see them? Oh, we can see them. There's the yellow labs. All right, there they are. You've they're, had gonna, a... they're getting all excited now. <laughs> well, listen, keep that's... going with your story. So we would, my wife and I. Well, mostly me. She didn't want to do it. I would pick, you know, ticks off our dog because it's Mozambique. We don't have a vet. You don't have all the stuff. And it was so hot. I would drop them in the sand, and they would just die. Some of those days, it would reach to be 120 degrees. And uh, so so just imagine, as you're watching this, I'm sitting here in an air-conditioned room, and Heidi is there slow roasting with her two Labradors. Honey and what? Mimi. Honey and Mimi. Uh, fantastic. Well, okay, so here's what I thought we would do, Heidi. They're beautiful. <laughs> They're great. They're great. You've always had dogs. I've known... Uh, there. <laughs> There was Shaba, Shandai. There was there was a couple. Actually, no, those weren't yours. Those, those were somebody dogs, else's. I gave those dogs away when I mm -hmm. had malaria one time, and I was had a raging fever, and they were yapping. Those were Maltese. Yeah, I gave those to Jean and Tisa, mm -hmm. and um, bless their hearts, Shaba yeah. and Shandai. But um, these guys here, they're actually awesome guard dogs. So not only are they sweet and wonderful, but they're, they're also good guards. So come on. There you go. I love it. Sis, this is this is Pemba. This is Pemba real life. So what I did, Heidi, was I reached out. I asked people if they had any questions and I thought we could just cover a couple of them real quick. And before you before you uh, move to the next thing. So I'm just going to jump right on into into uh, into this. Um, ba 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 ba. Okay, here we go. We'll start from the beginning. How do you love hard children? I don't, okay, we have our own adopted children, but also minister to orphans. You know, this is something that 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 uh, 
Well, you know, let's, I'll be really honest. You know, when we, my sister adopted Natalia, I look at her as another daughter. Um, there is, there is a place of difficulty sometimes in raising adopted children. You have tons of experience with this. How, how do you navigate the difficulties of doing what the Bible says, adopting children? And you know, they're not all perfect. Uh, even our own natural <laughs> kids aren't perfect. How do you navigate the difficulties of raising adopted children? I get this question a lot. In fact, I got an email like 20 minutes ago just about this exact same thing. Yeah. Um, well, the, the thing is, you, you've got to have boundaries in pleasant places, mm -hmm. which we probably didn't know, you know, 25 years ago when we started bringing children home. Um, but, but really getting some boundaries in pleasant places, loving well, but also knowing that there's discipline with the love. Like if, if the Lord says he disciplines those he loves. So, um, as you know, uh, some of you will know, we have, we have, we took in 15 kids that are on our will along with our own two. If that helps you put it in perspective, we have a will with 17 kids on it. And then we added another child because she was rejected by two families who adopted her and threw her back. So we decided she'd be on the will as well. So so we're, we're talking about 18 children. That's a lot of children. Just yeah. remembering, um, you know, trying to remember their birthdays and... Um, all the names of the grandkids. I mean, it's that's a lot of kids right there. We we do, thank you, Jesus, but <laughs> it's a lot of kids. Yeah. And some of our kids just do so well. Like they're just amazing. Um, the kids that we that are on our will, that's how I'm gonna put it, because you can't get all the documents right. for full adoptions. All our kids are grown by the way, so they're all um, adults now. But eighteen children on our will and what what does that look like like some of them are stellar they're like shining carriers of god's glory they're leading bases they're they're successful in life they're they're just carrying glory they're you know they're leading worship they're leading um sections of the ministry they're just so awesome and then we have George. Uh, <laughs> you know about George. Oh, like George we can tell a story laugh. about George, me and George. Well, and <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, George will fly. He'll get on this. He'll yeah. find. He, he's all about getting on the um, the Internet. And he'll, he'll be able to hear this. Well, we love George. We love George so Massively. much. But George... Like George has been an alcoholic. He's um, he's messed up in every possible way. Uh, we've given like we've furnished George's house like five times, bought him mattresses over and over. Uh, he has half of Papa Roland's wardrobe, but not anymore. <laughs> I mean, he sells it as fast as we give it to him. And then today he still came over and he said, "Mom." Nobody paid me. I said, what were you doing? And he was moving, um, uh, I forgot, Belisha, like bunk beds 
for some of our grandkids because not only did our kids follow in in our footsteps in this like one of our adopted sons who's on our will they took in four children so their house is like jammed and they needed bunk beds so i said george you know go help with bunk beds and he came over and said he wanted to be paid for that and i just burst out laughing i'm like george (laughs) it's family and we all help each other and so i i put down the boundaries at the same time he was eating uh, at our house. So I was like, George, you have food here. Praise God. And you're not getting paid for moving bunk beds for, for your um, family, you know, for the grandkids who now I consider all the children, natural born and the adopted ones of the other kids, my grandkids. So that's a lot of grandkids. Yeah. So what I want to say is you just you just have to seek the Lord and and really love well. Grace wins. Um, sometimes some of my kids who have our kids, obviously Roland and mine, um, some have done super well and some of them just mess up a lot. But day before yesterday, I was with one of my daughters who had a whole bunch of challenges um, spiritual daughter on the will, you know, um, and she was just saying thank you for having grace that you just kept believing in me, and she's graduating university now. And yeah, I don't know. I just want to say if you don't quit, you win. Yeah. Like, don't divorce your family. Um, yeah. Never divorce your kids, whether they're they're super stellar or whether super challenging. Like. Yes, boundaries, yes, discipline, but never divorce them. Like, God doesn't divorce us. Yeah. And we don't want to divorce our kids. Come on. So, love wins. Heidi, I I think, you know, being a missionary in Mozambique, running with you now for, I don't I think 15, 16 years, I have witnessed you. I have, let me, I'm going to put this in the mo. Please, what I'm about to say is 100% a compliment. So let me just uh, verbally process this. My, as I was on the ground, I struggled not with, I struggled with watching you love so radically beyond anything that I was taught was healthy. And, and, and I think a lot of people, no, 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 like this is, this is, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. Love? You, you okay. have, you have helped me. And, and I think it's like most of the things in our lives, we have to get to a boundary of our comfort and then, and then press on, see the fruit of what it is to radically love, what it is to love beyond, what it is to give people second, third, fourth. I mean, in the case of one of the people you were talking about, 50, 80 chances. George. 975 chances. His birthday's Tuesday, by the way. He has a birthday every month, but his real one's on Tuesday. Remember George. So, so people, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have said, Hey, that's, uh, you shouldn't do that. Or, you know, enough is enough. How do you navigate that tension? Just very quickly. How do you navigate that tension of people being like, this is wisdom. This is, you know, we probably like, it's time to, it's time to cut ties. How do you navigate that tension of people who are really good intention, but aren't following the really the core of what you and Rollin have built all these years of loving regardless. Again, um, 
first of all, I want to say we haven't done it right all the time by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> we could write way more books on what not to do than we could write on what to do or how to do it. Yeah. As you know, like our whole structure of children's centers all being shifted right now. We're putting kids into families and we're, we're working day and night with social workers and all of y'all there in America too, trying to get kids into families, children into homes of eight or less, obviously with their own flesh and blood whenever possible. Yeah. So I, I have this caveat that we haven't done it um, perfectly in any way. We haven't, we've made a ton of mistakes um, but one thing the Lord spoke to me is you never divorce your children. Yeah. Like there is a covenant that God's given you with your children, whether they're natural born or they're adopted, where it is a covenant. It's like God, how God treats Israel. He, he disciplined Israel. He got upset with Israel. He, there's just read the whole book you right know, don't just read the new testament read the whole book like there's so much about covenant in there and how god treats his children and there was all kinds of discipline going on but his love for his children never ever um is exhausted he just yeah. continues to love his his children and he never gives up he's always um, longing for them and calling for them to to come to his heart, and so as as parents of natural born and adopted kids and um, fostered kids and the whole thing, I want to say just never give up. Yeah. Because some kids that I thought, Lord, I just you know I just don't know what to do, the Lord would just say just continue to love. Boundaries, yes. Yeah. Like, I have some some kids. Roll and I have some kids that need some super serious boundaries, but we don't divorce them. So we don't say you're no longer ours. Like yeah. we're cutting you out of the will. You know, you're you're just you're cut out of the will. You have nothing to do with us. We don't. You know, that's not something on our hearts. Yeah. And maybe. Maybe some people will argue with us, um, which which I understand, but I just have this belief that they will come back. If you raise a child in the way they should go, and you raise them with with the Word of God and the love of Jesus, they even if they fall for a little while, they will come back. Yeah. And right now, thank you, Jesus, all of our children are serving the Lord. They're all serving the Lord. Every one of them. And that is a beautiful thing. I, I love that, Heidi. You just mentioned uh, a verse that I was chatting with another uh, pastor, I don't know, last week. And uh, we were going over, he actually, uh, he, his name's Brian Schwartz. He was a middle linebacker in the NFL. And that that word, train, he, he talks about training. And he talks, he brings his mm -hmm. life of being trained, you know, to play in the top tier of sports for football and what training looks like. And his, he said his favorite part of that verse is, you know, training is not easy. Uh, but then there, there's a part there that I think a lot of people miss. And it says, and when they, were, when they are old, they will not depart from it. So many people look for that fruit immediately, right? Like if I train them well, then the fruit's immediate. But, but 
it says when they are old, they will not depart from it. And so I just want to encourage people out there. Uh, it's, it's, this is the long haul. Uh, Heidi, you said if you don't quit, you win. You, you press in. You keep going for it. And, and when they're old, they're not going to depart from it. Um, wow. Listen, we've, we've, we've been going a little while. I want to give you just a few rapid questions, uh, and, then we'll, and then we'll let you go because I know it's late there, and I'm sure uh, Papa Rollin uh, is uh, – is, is He's sound asleep. Oh. Well, never He's mind like, then. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I can't keep up with this. He's sound asleep. It's it's like nine fifty four at night. He's a happy camper. Yeah, dreaming away. Well, well then. Uh, here we'll just we'll just hit a couple more. I'm just moving down the line here, and I think this is a great question. Uh, so after Jesus, right? Who is the first person you seek advice? or counsel from. And I think, you know, I know, I know, I know you very well. And I know you seek counsel from a lot of people. Is there a go-to like, Hey, uh, I need to bounce something off somebody. Is there, is, you know, who do you, who do you get advice from? Um, for the first, um, 30 some years of my spiritual life, it would have been Juanita Vincent, my spiritual mother. Um, I miss her very, very much. She has um, severe Alzheimer's and will go home to Jesus soon. Mm. But she she was not somebody who was formally educated. Um, she was not somebody who most of you will ever know or yeah. have ever heard of her name. But she was um, a, a mother, a spiritual mother to me and a mentor to me. And she prophesied, like, the things that are going on in my life now. And um, she prophesied all, all of this. She, she prophesied all of it when I was, like, 23 years old. She started prophesying. And she took me in as her own spiritual daughter. And she mentored me. She's a little Pentecostal fireball preacher. Um, just a... Pentecostal, anointed, holy woman of God who just pioneered in Alaska, Fairbanks, Alaska. And um, she was a spiritual mother to some of my other dear, dear friends, Jeff and Gina Barney. Yes. She she really, she just, she literally carried us in the spirit. She carried me in the spirit. And anytime, all, wherever we were in Asia, we were in England. We were been in Africa. All those years, she would be there for me, and she would pray night and day. She'd fast. She'd pray. She'd prophesy. She'd read the scripture over me. She'd listen to me. And that, um, you know, that is one of the greatest joys in my life, um, is that I had a, a spiritual mother like that and that's also really caused me to want to be a spiritual mother to others yeah now i have um really just a super dear friend anya and uh we we pray together and talk together um you know i i have some friends uh dear friends uh who are leaders in ministry i'd say john and carol Arnott, who i just count um, as absolutely um, precious friends that I can pray with and yeah. bounce ideas off of and 
and seek the Lord with. There, there's a there's a handful of them, but those are the ones I want to answer. I love it. The question. I love it right now. And and you you do this really beautifully. You always seek advice from people at the top of your field, Heidi. Uh, I always hear you say, "Listen, let's go after best practices." Right? Find the people who are doing it best. And with whatever it is, whether it's well drilling or, you know, farming or whatever it is, you're like, you're like, find the people who are doing it best and let's get the best advice out there. I love that. You're, you're, you've always done that. Your, your, your story about Juanita is just reminds me of my own spiritual father. And, uh, I had that exact same foundation. So I'm where I'm at because of that strong spiritual father that would pray and fast and just, just be there. Uh, he gave me some of the worst advice. He also gave me some of the best advice, and uh, and I I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful uh, for for him in my life. And man, we'll be praying for Juanita. Okay, just a couple more quick ones. Uh, these are fun. Uh, what is your favorite hobby or activity? Now, completely non spiritual. I know you do all this. You. I've asked you this. And you're like, Everything's well, I pray. Spiritual for me, yes, Will. I know. I know. I don't compartmentalize. I love to go out in the ocean yes. and swim. I love, but it's spiritual because I like to pray out there. Mm-hmm. So, but I just love it. I mean, Mozambique is a long, skinny country on the coast. Yep. And so we're actually on the coast. And I love, love, love going out there. And Roland and I have just decided we need to do that more often together because. Yes, we're not sure now with all the radical insurgents and all who might be on that little fishing boat or, right. you know, if there's machine guns on it and there's a warship off to our right. Um, but we still enjoy enjoy it. And we, we chat with the local fishermen and and we just go out there and just enjoy being in the ocean. And, and it's one of my favorite things. I just love being in the water and just swimming in the ocean and just um, diving with the grandkids. Just yeah. um, we do we do deep dive, but we mm-hmm. because it's free to snorkel. Um, just just Dave Floriestra's out with eight of my grandkids, and we're all got our snorkels on. And yeah, we we didn't have a lot of time because we're we're all you know we're doing a lot going on here. By the way, we're not in lot. Like, um, what do you call that? Like quarantine are, lockdown? No, quarantine. No, we're, yeah. we're allowed to meet with eight people um, to mm-hmm. 10. So we stretch it, make sure it's 10. And since we have so many grandkids, like, all right, let's go. And we all got our mask and snorkel. And um, we keep them at the house here. And we just went out the front yard, you know, we just jumped in and we just snorkeled and yeah. laughed and that was um it's just so healing for your soul yeah when you have hunger and desperation and war and on and on and covid crisis and all of that just to go out there and just be in that ocean with with jesus and uh, roland and i love doing that together yeah. we just to talk and hang out and pray and it's it's just one of my favorite things and ever. We've we've uh back in the day it's been a it's been a couple of years since we've done it, but you, Rollin, myself, some of the other missionaries, when we'd get some free time, 
I've, I've, we, we have a couple of deep dives together um, going out on the ocean, Off seeing the beauty oh, of the Indian strange. Ocean that is around you. And, uh, and you do. You come alive. Can I, there's one thing I want to mention. Heidi does have a hobby that not too many – well, a lot of people uh, in our circle know about it. I, I know you're getting nervous. I love this. I love what what, uh, is it? what is it? What is it? She is Heidi's one of Heidi's hobbies is buying gifts for people. And oh, I it, love, it, I love it's um, and I know that that might not be classified yeah. as a ho- hobby, but you take it to a level <laughs> unlike I've ever seen. Um you everywhere you go, you're you're thinking about specific individuals and you are always trying to find things to buy people. I woke up this morning and I was going through my closet and and I came across, I don't know, 10 or 15 things that you just had given me over the years. Um, you are you're Aww, an amazing you gift custom. giver. And no, I, I keep every little thing. I even have I have the first Capilana that you gave me. Uh, and I, I, we celebrated my parents' uh, 43rd anniversary yesterday. And my dad brought up the story. He said, man, Will, I was listening to a prophecy that was given over you, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 years ago in Mozambique. And we, we have the audio recording somewhere where you handed me a Capilana. And it was the first gift I, I had ever got from you. And it had uh, Africa on it and keys and padlocks. And you gave me this big word about it. And uh, that's my first gift. I still have it. And, and uh, yeah, those moments, y- y- I know it might not be a hobby per se, but you take it to that level because you're always, you're just always doing that. And you can, you can shop. I, I, I've watched you do it all over the world. And you're always buying stuff for other people. Uh, it's one of my favorite hobbies that you have. I'm in there. Well, I used to be in airports a lot, uh-huh. um, not now, um, which actually I'm so enjoying just um, being at home and not being on different time zones. Yeah. Even though we're really busy, I'm, I'm loving it. But because of, of the airport time, um, I, would, I would always pray about what gift I could get somebody. And it doesn't need to, it wouldn't be like it needed to cost a lot of money. I, I, I just would love, love thinking about what would someone enjoy, you know, and, um, even, even now, um, today I was like, okay, I got cookies for everybody. Um, I was able to stop at a gas station store and get cookies. And it's, it's, it's not a matter of like spending money or doing, obviously something extravagant but it was just thinking well these you know this discipleship group and the kids that are displaced people you know all their kids like I thought they would really enjoy and you know our cookies aren't delicious so much (laughs) like I didn't eat one of them but they like them so it was fun just thinking about okay and then the kids this is again the kids I said why don't you share the the Bishkoitus with the neighbors who are watching us, you know, worshiping under the mango tree. And so the kids that had just been absolutely traumatized by how many, all that happened on their journey to Pemba mm. from all this crazy radical insurgent stuff, they were out, instead of feeling depressed and upset, they got to take those 
Bishkoitus, yeah. and they took them out to the neighbors. And so I think gift giving in any culture, yeah, it, it can just be so beautiful. Yeah. And so I, I enjoy it. I do. You're right. I enjoy it. You, I, 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 uh, you gave me a gift. I've shared it with other people, but you gave me a book in Australia last year. Uh, about beekeeping yes, and it opened up a whole like thing in my life and I know it might seem super small to you but that one gift has and it's just a hobby but it's actually become more than that I I was ministering to a gentleman yesterday uh who you know because of this I I I I don't want to go into too many details but it just that one simple gift cracked open so many things in my life, brought great joy to my life. And yeah, I'm, I'm sitting, I got one in my bag. I, you, you gave me a, a pen for my birthday and I use it and it's just a, it's just a beautiful, thoughtful gift. I use it daily. It's so, I, I just value it so much, but that's something that, that, that you really excel at. Okay. Last question. We'll keep it quick. Because uh, I know we're at about a half hour right now. I'm asking you questions next time. <laughs> oh, I would love that. You're okay. You're an awesome gift giver too. Well, you're I, amazing. If we're if we're gonna keep score, I think uh, you're batting, uh, yeah, a much <laughs> higher average than I you're, am. You're all about it, Will. You're all about it. <laughs> I I I love giving stuff away, um, and sometimes too much. I I run into that with my with my with my wife. Not that she doesn't like me giving stuff, but I I sometimes go overboard um, with certain things. Um, but I love it. I love blessing people. I just I I gave your books. I was well. Here we go. I was I was meeting with my beekeeper guy over the weekend. I was getting some some hives for Benny Johnson and Brian Johnson. They asked me to come and set up beehives in their yards. So I, of course I'll, I would love to do that. Bill, cool. Bill and Benny have served us and just been such great friends for years of Iris and anything I can do to bless them, I'm going to do. And so uh, I went out to be with, to, to get some bees for my bee guy. I now have a bee guy, Heidi, thanks to you. And uh, I was talking with him <laughs> and he just opened up about his life and Jesus and, and uh, how he loves the Lord, and we got, we we went really really deep. I said, "Hey, are you familiar with Heidi Baker?" And he said, "Yes, I I am." And I said, "Well, that's who I get to work with around the globe with Iris." And and he and his eyes got big. And I went in and I handed him. I had all of all of your the manuals and books because I we've been we've been going over them about doing an e-course and I just handed him this huge stack of books and he just began to weep and 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 you know just those little moments just those teeny little moments of blessing people uh yeah it it, it shifts Aww. things and it opens up hearts and and you know, now I have a new friend and I'm amazed That's that you cool. you affect beekeepers all over the world <laughs> all over the world. I can't, I literally can't go anywhere. I can't, I'm with my, you know, um, this Mexican American, uh, you know, beekeeper knows, knows who you are, Heidi and follows the ministry. So, okay. Last question. Yeah, and I think I'll you'll like that. this one next time you're going to ask me all the questions, which makes me fairly yeah. nervous, but, uh, we'll, I'm we'll, we'll do this. Uh, this one came out, uh, how does Heidi, build new relationships with mamas in the community. I've watched you do this a thousand times, but go for it. How do you build a relationship 
with Makua, Makandi, someone who doesn't speak your language, the poorest of the poor? How, how, do, you, how do you start those relationships? Um, well, you learn their language, for one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't speak Makandi, but I can get around, you know, not great, but I obviously speak Portuguese, and, and I do, I can carry on a little conversation in Makua and stuff. So, um, for mamas, it depends where they are. So, like yesterday, I was making friends with these mamas by buying, um, you know, stopping at their little uh, baraka there, their mm-hmm. little thing by their, their and and just talking to them in Makua, like Salama Mahavun Chine Natipani and Kim Kim Pela. Just just speaking to them in Makua, and then which that kind of shocks them because they're like, "What is this white little white woman speaking the <laughs> local dialect?" So that that helps language. Yeah. But then, um, if they got a little shop, I'll I'll start. Um, I'll buy a couple of uh, hard boiled eggs. Or yeah. I was tra- I want to get food for these displaced people, these dear friends that are pastors that you know, went through this thing. And so, so just getting garlic and, um, discussing like things, just natural things in the village with them. And then I said, um, Oh, would, would you be interested in this treasure that I have? Like, I just, I just think you might really enjoy, I have this treasure. I'd like to give it to you. And of course, you know, my treasure is, is Jesus and the way I'm going to really, get them to know him is through this audio um, Bible in their heart language. And so I I gave one for the, the group of women I was making friends with. I love hanging out in the village. Yeah. I, just, I just love it. <laughs> I love, love, love it. So I'm making friends and I'm just chatting away. And, and then um, before I went, because I did have, I was going to the discipleship meeting which is in the village under a tree um but i was able to give them this audio bible and then a bunch of people actually in that village because our school's really like we have 30 600 plus kids so yeah. most people in the village around us kind of know us you know right. what i mean so they started running oh my light oh my how are you doing and just i know social distancing and i'm so <laughs> i'm just not good at it Oh, Jesus, help me. But I'm trying. I'm trying, Will. I'm trying. I know but, you are. you know, we're, we're working on it. And um, we're in a different culture. So I just, we hugged. Um, and I'm trying. We got water and soap and everything. But anyway, I'm like, oops, I'm supposed to do a elbow bump. So then I'm like, oh, we've got to do elbow bumps, which people don't understand yet. But we're trying. <laughs> So that's how I um, I make friends. I make it um, very natural. Yeah. You know, just um, if I'm in like a village where there's not even any commerce at all, I'll just sit on their little grass mat and start peeling peas with them. Yep. And because I'm, you know, I don't exactly blend physically. Um, they're super kind, and I'm kind of novel, kind of like a little puppy you might stop for. It's like, oh, she's interesting, you know. So they're very kind, and they, 
you know, they'll give me their time. And Mozambicans are so generous yeah. with their time. Yeah. So I, I love making friends. I just, and I love leading people to Jesus. And so I just keep it natural. Keep it, you know, it's not this weird, forced, strange conversation. It's right. really just, what are they doing? What am I doing? If they're selling garlic and I need garlic, I'll buy some garlic or, you know, um, sumo or whatever. Just right. like making friends in a natural way, like you with your beekeeper friend. You aren't all like, I'm on a, I'm on outreach. I'm right. going to go find someone or I need to give away these books or right. something. Right. Um, no, it's, an, it's, it's part of your life. It's something you do. Like when I make friends with the fishermen, when Roland and I are out there swimming, yeah, it's not weird because they're out there fishing and we're out there right. swimming. And it's not strange for us to say, hi, how are you doing? Um, how's the fishing going? And then as that relationship develops, um, get get to pray with them. Yeah. Or maybe we just greet them. And right. the next time we get to pray with them. I, I've watched you do this hundreds of times. Can I give you just a little bit of my perspective watching you? Because I've seen you, you know, uh, I, numerous times get on a grass mat next to somebody sitting outside of their hut. And you said they're peeling peas or they're, or they're pounding uh, Shima, you know, and you will jump in there and just sit and be and talk and share and weep with people and laugh with people and dance with people. And I, I, I it's amazing watching you enter a village because I've, I've, we've gone in just with a small crew. I've also gone in with larger groups. There is something that you carry that just immediately connects with people. The language, like what you're saying, is so important. There's a lot of people that want to go do missions, but they don't want to learn a language. And that's just crazy. You, you we have to learn the language. Even if you learn a couple of quick <laughs> words, right? Like, hey, salama, havo. What's your name? Like, how are you doing? Just that alone breaks down all walls and, and people realize that they're not just interested in themselves. They're interested in me. And I watch you, I've watched you sit for hours to a point like where we're like, Hey, Heidi, we got to go. And you're like, yeah, whatever. And you're just (laughs) sitting there loving on, on a, on a mama with a baby uh, who's, you know, pooping on you, peeing on you. And you just got your arms wrapped around a baby and you just become part of the family and I, especially in this time where there is distancing, you know, but, but just those moments of, hi, how are you doing sitting, sitting with somebody is just so important. Uh, you do it so beautifully, Heidi. Uh, and, and I look forward to the next time we get to, we get to do that again here in the future. I, I miss Mozambique. Uh, I was talking with Natalia last night. She misses Mozambique, you know, like we, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back out there again, but Listen, we, we but you guys get to do it. You guys get to do it. It's the same where you are mm-hmm. with your beekeeper friend <laughs> or yeah. with anybody you guys meet. Like we can't do big meetings right now, right? Right. right. Now we're under the mango tree. We're not allowed to use sound systems. We have a lot going on too with that, but but it was not only doing it yourself, but 
so we had the cookies to share but it was it was encouraging those kids who had been super traumatized they yeah. could have just said what are you asking me to do share something i've been i just seen how many dead bodies around they could have had that attitude but they didn't yeah i i said why don't you take these um biscuits over there and and watching them just say oh oh we can do that like all sometimes all people need is just a little bit of encouragement yeah and if you guys can only reach out to the people you're grocery shopping with and maybe you need to use a mask or something you can still find a way to be kind and yeah. loving and and carry the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God. And um, Pastor Pedro's house, we we had to move him because the base is on total lockdown. So mm. nobody can go on the base or off the base. That's a base that fed 5,000 people a day. So you're hearing me say this in my, you know... Um, strong voice, but 5,000 people a day were educated on that base, discipled on that base, fed on that base, complete total lockdown. You know, every program shut down. Like, that could kind of traumatize us. Or we could meet under a mango tree with a group of 10 and say, how are we going to multiply now? And what does love look like now? And so, long story short, Pastor Pedro, we need to find a house for him to live off the base because no way you can keep him on a shutdown. He's like one of the spiritual uh, leaders, you know. He, he's he got to go out there and love on people, and he's got to receive the displaced other pastors um, from areas that have been completely devastated. Yeah. So, like, this house was two houses total shambles of a house like falling down no water no electricity not even a latrine and we're like ah and you just want to scream but instead you think okay we're going to be able to reach all of these guys now that are working on this house yeah we're going to be able to reach all of them for jesus love them and the way that we do it is just being kind to them um, making sure they have water, making sure they they get greeted and and compliment their work they're doing there, you know, as we're trying to work very fast to try to fit these displaced families into some place to sleep. And I just watch their hearts turn, Will. Yeah. Their hearts turn. And they're people of another faith, yeah. a lot of them. But as you just reach out in love and just greet them in, in their heart dialect and just stop for them and compliment their work because it's good. You know, they're doing a great job. Yeah. It shifts things. Come on. You know, it just shifts things. Come on. And then you give them the Word of God. For me, you know, I'm always given the Word of God. I've, I've always got the Word of God uh, to give people and, so I don't know. It's it's one of the most challenging times in the history of the world. Mm. Um, with coronavirus and and um, lockdowns and shutdowns and with wars and rumors of wars and all of that. But it's also a very beautiful time. Will yeah. it's the time where 
we can, if we listen to the heart of God, we can slow down a little bit, um, which is what I want to encourage people to do right now. Like, yeah. just slow down a little bit and stop for the one, be in the secret place with the Lord, and then stop for the one that the Lord puts in front of you. And, yeah. and, and enjoy, um, obviously don't enjoy the sickness. Pray for everybody who's sick and, you know, pray this thing ends in Jesus' name. But there are parts of this challenging journey that we can really enjoy. And yeah. that is slowing down a bit and stopping for our family, um, for for our neighbors one at a time and just um, loving people yeah. through the love of Jesus. Come on. Beautifully said, Heidi. And uh, I, we'll, we'll end on that note. Um, you, you mentioned a couple things. Number one, uh, you've mentioned that there's, there's stuff going on. We have displaced people groups now coming into uh, Cabo Delgado and Tipemba. Um, if people no, like... they're from Cabo Delgado. They're right. all from Cabo Delgado. It's our province. We're the only province that's dealing with radical insurgents. Yeah. Um, but as villages are being um, devastated, burnt, literally burned, um, uh, even though we have a lot of unrest just here in Pemba, really stuff that I really can't go into. Yeah. Um, it's still a bit of a bigger, you know, it's a small city, big town kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So people are still coming in here thinking maybe it'd be a little bit safer. Yeah. And so um, I think Sean did the stats on it. Um, I think he said it was like 115,000 people. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a lot of people. It is. And so we're right now, we're just trying to to house our our senior leaders and then once we can house our senior leaders and make sure they're they're fed and housed and prayed for and loved then um you know the next step is how we can then take care of more and more people yeah so we're we're doing a lot of of logistics on how we can do that safely in a lockdown, you know, with PPE kits and yep. um, all of that, food aid, obviously, audio Bibles, obviously, yeah, um, tents, uh, praying that the world kind of wakes up to the situation in northern Mozambique, and some other, maybe some other NGOs will kind of wake up and yeah. jump in, um, but. At the same time, just keeping our eyes so on Jesus and and just saying, okay, whatever he gives us to do every day, we're going to do that. And yeah. um, I, I do, I want to share one really cool story. Go for it. Can I share one more? Of course, you it can share whatever you want. Uh, it's just, yeah, um, it was just about today, under the mango tree. Um as we're under the mango tree, again, we can only have 10, but the kids from these senior leaders that had witnessed all this crazy stuff, um, we we couldn't, like, exclude them, but we couldn't, like, bring them clo too close. So 
we put them on a grass mat a little further away and they're listening and they're they're like tracking and then um one of our pastors came around and he said what are we going to do about these other pastors that are in the other church they haven't eaten in a couple of days and i thought well I definitely can have a committee meeting or a board meeting over it or, you know, call America or whatever. You know, I'm just being real. It's like they're hungry now. And I thought it's the middle of the month. And Will, you know, in the middle of the month in Mozambique, people just, they kind of run out. Like they don't really have, sometimes they don't even have any coins. Right. But it was like the Lord spoke to my heart. And we had these plastic plates out there because of the cookies. And um, so I said, well, let's just all take, let's all give an offering for these, this family that just arrived, wow. traumatized and exhausted. And, and I had, I had some, my, my little resources in my bag, which were more than most of theirs, but I didn't feel like I was supposed to do it on my own. Like, that's the thing. We all get to share. Yeah. And that's what you get to do in California with your neighbors in California. Yeah. Or your neighbor in India or Africa or South America or New York or wherever it is. We all get to participate. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And what happened was we started, and you know this so well. We started singing. I said, who has a song? <laughs> Let's all. And I said, I know, I, guys, like, I know it's the middle of the month. I know it's like you probably only have coins, but let's do something. And this is what rocked my world today. Will, this rocked my world. Yeah, come on. Joaquin, one of the displaced guys with his family sitting on that mat, know where to live except for just in this little thing we just bought a couple of days ago for Pastor Pedro. Um, they pulled out a little bit they had. And I'm just, look, wow. I'm just like, and then this other pastor who was from an also displaced with his wife and kids, he pulls out something. Then they start dancing, right? You've seen this in Mozambique. <laughs> I have. They I start have. dancing. And then I watch Pastor Pedro go in his house and he pulls out some cleaning products that he had just bought to keep, you know, things disinfected. And he puts that in the plate. Wow. And then and then someone else came with some rice bags, little little bags, you know? And I'm telling you, what what looked like we could have all been depressed there, you know, with this pastor and his family that were ref well we're not supposed to say refugees displaced people yeah um, we could have all been kind of really depressed with it but instead it just became this joyous beautiful thing and then we just handed the plate with the <laughs> offering in it to Pastor Antonio and we said go and uh, buy food. Take the cleaning products, the little bags, right, and go and bless this family. And um, I don't know what that does for you, but that rocked my world today. Yeah, I'm like, who does that? Like, who does that? 
you know, a lot of people listening, they, so they, they try to keep it in context of maybe their own church service, putting money in the plate. It, this is a completely different scenario. This is the widow's might. This is the, this is. These yeah. are displaced people that, that were on a five day journey to get to Pemba. Yeah. And lost their home and their pots and pans and furniture yeah. and everything. And I see them. I'm like, oh. it just, they were reaching out to some other brothers and sisters that they've, anyway, that was probably one of the most it, beautiful things I've seen in a long the time. purity of the gospel. I think it's the fruit of years and years of sowing into an unreached people group, Heidi. Uh, the fruit that that has taken place, I mean, of course, over the longevity of you and Roland's life, but but the fruit that's taken place in Cabo Delgado is beyond comparison to anything I've ever witnessed. And just moments like that show show the fruit of live, laying your life down, giving your life away for the sake of the gospel, to well, serve the poor, the sick, the needy, and the broken. We don't feel like it's, it definitely doesn't feel about us, Will. It's... I want you to focus on these guys. They're so amazing. Yeah. I mean, we're little people and we're learning. I hear you. They are our teachers. I hear you and I totally agree. I totally agree. They they teach us what what does generosity look like? They teach us. Yeah. It's just wild. I I love that. Well, what what an amazing testimony to to end on. Um, I hope that this blesses you guys. You got to hear radical love generosity you got to see uh, some of Heidi's dogs you got some questions answered <laughs> I really enjoyed this time Heidi and you guys heard it from her I didn't suggest it she wants to do a Q&A asking me questions that freaks That's me right. out next week okay so next week we'll Thursday. do it here's the deal if you guys have questions that you want Heidi to ask me leave a comment below uh <laughs> Leave a comment below. Please, please don't ask any weird questions because I will answer them. No, I'm just kidding. No, ask some good questions. Leave it in the comments below. Well, that's the problem. (laughs) I will look through them. We'll we'll compile (laughs) them. We'll 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 send it over to Heidi. And listen, we're we're not doing that. Oh, uh, second thing. if you want any more information on some of what Heidi was chatting about today with helping uh, the, these displaced people, you can go to our website. You can email us if you have any questions, info at irisglobal.org. But check out our website, irisglobal.org. There's some information. There's some beautiful pictures that we just put up uh, of feeding and some of the team building masks, getting ready to feed. So I, I just... Uh, yeah, you can check that All out. All Mozambicans, by the way. Oh, of course. <laughs> All Mozambicans going out. 99.999%. All Mozambicans doing the stuff. Yeah. How so, cool is that? It's it's amazing, Heidi. And and listen, we're, we'll do this again next week. Uh, if you like this, if this blessed you, just share it with somebody. We're, we're not doing this for any other reason than to try to encourage you guys as you're sitting at home. Uh, get this glorious gospel message out, and maybe, just maybe, if the Lord is speaking to your heart to give your life away in a similar fashion, that this would encourage you to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus to a world that's really crying out uh, for more of Him right now. 
And uh, and so thanks, Heidi. Thanks for hopping on. We'll see you guys thanks next week. Too. We're going to do this again. Love and hopefully so it won't much. get too weird next week. I'll uh, I'll do my best. I'll put on my <laughs> fancy shirt and you and you'll get to ask me questions. How's that sound? It'll be awesome. Okay. Love you so much. Bless uh, you guys. Love you. Ciao, bless ciao. you guys. And we'll catch you next time.